0: Welcome to The Secret Life of Cookies,
1: where we try to solve the world's problems through the miracle of carbohydrates, one recipe at a time, with host Marissa Rothkoff and her dog, Bosco. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Secret Life of Cookies. Bosco and I have a very special episode for you, thanks to my ever brilliant and funny guest, Liz Winstead who, as you probably know, is co-creator of the daily show Air America and host of the Feminist Buzzkills podcast, as well as one of the brains behind the Abortion Access Front, which brings together comedians, activists, writers, and creators to destigmatize abortion and expose the extremist anti-choice forces working to destroy access to reproductive rights and ensure women get the rights to their own body back. You know, the rights we should rightfully have. Anyway, Liz shares what we can all actually do to make sure parents in Florida won't soon be putting bumper stickers on their car that say, my kid is on the honor roll and carried a baby to full term at Tampa High School. But before we get there, a bit of housekeeping. All the recipes for the podcast and the links can be found on my Substack newsletter, at marissarothkopf.substack.com, along with a giant archive of recipes and stories of American kitchen history. You know, like the nitty-gritty on the real Duncan Hines. He was a piece of work. That's all I'll say. You can support my work with a subscription for $5 a month, or if that's not possible yet for you, you can subscribe for free. Either way, I am grateful for your support. Now, enough of me. Here's Liz. Hello, and welcome to the Secret Life of Cookies podcast. I have a very special guest today on an episode we're calling The Secret Life of Pasta um, and The Not-So-Secret Life of Abortion Activism. We have um, Liz Winstead, co-creator of The Daily Show and a creative writer, political satirist, um, host now of the Feminist Buzzkills pod, and... Uh, co-founder of the abortion action front access front and everybody at home I'm crossing out action on my because um I was just taken by the fact that it goes a as f that's the way I think of it in my head um anyway thanks for coming on and talking about the abortion access front because we need access to abortion um Just to get into the mood of the Secret Life of Cookies and Pasta podcast, I just wanted to talk to you about, um, usually we make cookies, and you said, I don't want to make cookies. I want a pasta dish. But you had a reason for the pasta dish. What was it?
0: Yes. So much of why Abortion Access Front is successful and how actually we started was, me just gathering friends, I activists, creative types at my home uh, on a Sunday night, and we would talk about the news that we saw, and we wanted to figure out ways that we could use our platforms to raise awareness around this assault on abortion access. Um, and then those who were working behind the scenes wanted to help, you know, make videos and make graphics and sort of amplify this whole thing. So we started a little war room, and I would cook for folks every. Sunday and it could be anybody anywhere from six people to 30 people and as you know pasta is a default and as you know mm-hmm. um sometimes we get tired of the same kind of variations on a red sauce you know I don't know how much horse sauce I can make for these people and <laughs> is nice <laughs> that's right <laughs> and so um so I was like oh my gosh this is an opportunity to have some dope person help me Come up with a super good pasta recipe that is uh, a new twist on how to feed the masses. And this is a new twist,
1: actually, on an old favorite. Um, and I'm going to the refrigerator now, and you'll hear me walking across the floor like a Muppet. You know how they you could hear them clomp, clomp, clomping? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm going to the fridge. This is my fridge. And that was the uh, cold pizza dropping out of the fridge. I think it's important to know what the sounds are on a podcast. And here, yeah, I agree. <laughs> and here is what I made and it's a twist on an old classic. Instead of your average pesto, I made a very springy pesto for you guys. And it's, is it with pea? No, it's with asparagus. Ooh. And it actually, um, you, it's very easy to make, which I was, cause I kept thinking of you, um, thinking deep and brilliant thoughts and having to like, you know, crowd the masses around you and plan and then also having to cook pasta for 12 people so i wanted it to be sort of yeah. um re- relatively simple and a lot of things you can do in advance um as we say here that. in cooking land um it's a beautiful uh, it's a beautiful pasta and you can change it a hundred different ways you basically uh, blanch asparagus Very simple to do you could do it the day before I don't really care and you take half of it and you chop it up that's going to go in the pesto and the other half you make pretty with and you like cut it on lit on the bias and you keep the tips so it's pretty we like pretty you know and then we um do like basil a lot of parsley um little mint if you want, a little bit of garlic, a little bit of red pepper flakes if those are the kind of people that you have over, but it kind of helps. Lemon, Parmesan cheese, and almonds if they're an almond-eating crowd that makes it creamier. It gives it a lot of texture, and you um, whiz that up, and you get this really lush – I don't think the word chunky is nice with food. Like moist isn't either, but a sort of a, – has a lovely
0: texture. Um I love it. It looks very robust, yeah,
1: and then you toss it with i have I made a a lovely casarecchi um, pasta, which is nice with it, and we can toss it here just so you can see what happens. Um, but any pasta that's kind of short and takes on flavors nicely, like.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so it's not a fettuccine. It's a short, noodle. you use a short noodle? Short noodle.
1: Here we've got the casarecci. The other one I really like is one called strozza preti, but I like it because it's called, and this is not an affront to priests everywhere, but the name is so good because it means priest strangler. <laughs> so <laughs> goodness, no offense meant, to, I, I know some, some lovely priests. Uh, anyway, it, I then put extra lemon zest on it. And extra Parmesan cheese on it, and toss in the pretty parts of the asparagus. And if you're thinking real fancy, you could put bacon or pancetta on top of it, or serve it with oh. a giant salmon, giant <laughs> or serve it to a giant yeah, salmon. That,
0: it sounds like yeah, <laughs> it sounds like it would also be a really good um dish on many fishes, definitely with many fishes or and fish dishes. And also you could make it
1: in advance and not even serve it warm. Remember remember the 80s? Remember cold pasta salad?
0: Cold pasta salad? <laughs> Say it with us. <laughs>
1: cold pasta, pasta salad. salad. Just please don't I use do. bow tie pasta, especially not three color <laughs> bow tie pasta,
0: because that will make me sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the Midwest. Oh, God. <laughs> Is there other pasta? Is there other pasta? I had no idea people were making pasta salad with anything other than bow tie tricolour. They thought that was fancy. It was like three different colors of a bowl. It's
1: amazing. And it means vegetables, extra vegetables in your diet. That's (laughs)
0: right. Vegetables in your diet. Um, So, um, do you, you didn't mention olive oil. Oh, yeah. Copious amounts of olive oil. Okay, good. I was about to say, wait a minute. (laughs) Did she bypass some? Is there some special thing I don't know? No, no. You can
1: rub this on your hands and it restores youth better than retinol. It's just fantastic.
0: That's amazing because I just started making um the salad dressing that is this beyond faux sort of like maybe a little close to tasting like Caesar, but still delicious yeah. where you don't use olive oil, but I use um, Meyer lemon hummus and Dijon and then just a crap ton of white wine vinegar, garlic, some Parmesan, and I just mix it all together and it's delicious. Like that, you just eat it, scooping it off. Like, your yeah, end. like a that. Yeah, just shove it all over your lettuce. Just like bathe in it, have at it. But it was um, somebody I heard, literally heard someone on the subway saying that they were doing this, and so then I was like, I was, ha- I half listened to their conversation, and then I went home and I was like, I think this is what they said. And I did it and I I like swear by it.
1: I just hope they're yeah. listening to this podcast and they're like oh "Yeah, my God, that was me on the A train.
0: Um it's like misconnections except we I don't want to hook up with yeah. you. I just wanted to hook up with, with your, your salad. sort of faux kind of like caesar salad dressing. Okay, I
1: hope you will send that to me cuz I really want it. And we should hook up I will. Emily Nunn who has the Department of Salad podcast Substack. Yes. And go to town with that. She'll have fun with it. Yes. Um So once you've got them all sitting down with this pasta and talking, um, let's pretend we're doing that now and you're here at my lovely table, me and the dog is probably dribbling on your foot, like give me some. Um, This has been a week or two or three. um, And the first thing I think I'd like to talk about is what I call Mephistopheles, and I think you call Miffy, and
0: normal people call it Um Yeah, there's Mephapristone, there's Misoprostyl, there's Mephistopheles, there's, you know, Mepharistorus. I don't know what that is, but maybe that's I know,
1: but I, I, I think they were a Greek goddess, like a sub, sub goddess, Mephapristorus. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you uh, have any thoughts about what happened with the Supreme Court? Did you breathe last week?
0: You know, it's interesting because I'm sure your listeners have been following this saga and the 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 last thing we know is that the uh the Department of Justice and the uh I have no business filing a lawsuit lawsuit other people. (laughs) Um no, not Kasmeric, the people who brought the case to Kasmeric. Um they, you know, they were sent to the Supreme Court. And, uh, through, through, and the Supreme Court said, well, you know, you have to, uh, go back to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and have a full hearing mm-hmm. on the, whether or not A, you have standing to bring this case even up, which means, can you show actual harm that would happen to you, um, by having this myth Chris mm-hmm. um, be sent by mail? And, um, And then the Department of Justice was like, we have 23 years of approval here. Five million people who have used it safely, 28, 28 cases of harm adjacent to this pill. They can't even exactly tie it, but they think they can. Um, and all of the hundred, they did over a hundred studies. So it is really just some, a bunch of crackpots who decided they wanted to circumvent, um, really putting, Your own healthcare into, into your hands and being a patient who is taking control of your healthcare. Because, um, you know, if we're, Mm. if we're starting on third base and you're like, wait a minute, what are we talking about? Can you back it up a hair? Um, about four months ago, uh, a group of anti abortion, um, people in the medical community, uh, formed an alliance and decided they wanted to file a lawsuit to take one of the pills involved in medication abortion off the market called Mifepristone. We'll call it Miffy because that's what the kids are called. <laughs> um, they purposely chose a judge in Texas who has uh, worked at the largest religious law firm that specializes only in cases of religious liberty. So the law firm he worked at before he was a judge was the law firm that defended, remember that, coach that wanted to pray in the 50-yard line. Yep. They defended him. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the bakers who didn't want to have a lesbian wedding. Um, also, Biden's um, vaccine mandate. So uh, under it's all under the guise of religious liberty. So he worked for that firm. And then uh, former President Donald Trump uh, put him on the federal bench. And how he got approved is a mystery because they brought up a lot of stuff. And uh, some they just voted for him anyway, right? right? So he has papers written that says he's against all of this stuff. He hid his name Mm. off of papers when he was in his confirmation hearing. We're also now learning that, um, you know, like the uh, Supreme Court Justices Gorsuch and Clarence Thomas, Mm. he has hidden a whole bunch of financial dealings and doings and Mm -hmm. hoo-hahs. But they went before him because they knew that they he would he would cross every boundary to say um yes i think that we should take mifepristone off the market he has no jurisdiction to do so he has no standing to do so as a judge mm-hmm. there's a process with which pills that um are requested to be taken off of the approved list for the fda you have to go through congress the the pill manufacturer has to have the opportunity to make its case mm-hmm. there, there's a whole procedure right But this judge just says, oh, yeah, it's done. And the good news is the Department of Justice was like, that is not how this works. Um, But they also knew that the next step would be to go to this Fifth Circuit. And the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, is even more conservative than the Supreme Court. It's the most conservative lower court in the nation. And so they got a hearing with a three-judge panel. Mm -hmm. And two of the three judges said, well we feel like he's kind of crazy. But what we are going to do is they didn't quite say No, anything. no. What we are going to do is um, take any expansion of medication abortion that has happened since 2000 and say that that is not okay. So basically what that means is so the course of mifepristone being on the market since 2000 because it's been proven effective and safe They've been able to expand its usage. When it came on the market in 2000, you could only take the pill up till seven weeks of pregnancy. You had to have it dispensed to you by Mm -hmm. a physician in person. And then it's part of the two-part regimen. Then you would go home and then you would take the other part, the other pills at home. And then you would basically shed your uterine lining and you, and and all the contents of your uterus. And that's the abortion. Mm -hmm. And so, in and so, since 2016, there was more studies done. They said, well, you know what? In Europe, they have been using this pill later into pregnancy. So we're going to say we're expanding it to 10 weeks. And we also think that it's so safe that you should be able to get it at a pharmacy or get it by mail and not have to go to a doctor to hand you a pill. Mm-hmm. So the Fifth Circuit said, nah, we want to roll it back to those draconian ways. And, you know, if you have a uterus or don't... Um You basically understand, if you've ever been pregnant, that, you know, you miss your period. You're wondering what's going on. You don't really know you're pregnant uh, for six to eight weeks, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, and it's in that eight-week, nine-week sweet spot that most abortions happen, right? And so to be able to take away this incredible gift to people who, early in pregnancy, they can um decide what they want to do they can do it at home and the safety and efficacy of this pill just so you know it's safer than Tylenol right <laughs> and safer than Viagra and by the way the from patent to shelves on Viagra was 2 years <gasps> from from yeah That's and this was a very fast pr- very fast and this pill was originated in France and and was approved in the French in the European market in 1988. So there was 12 years of usage before it was even allowed um, to be considered in the United States. And so there's just been tons and tons and tons of research. Mm-hmm. So now uh, it's gone. As we said earlier, it's gone to this this three panel judge. And then people were like, "No, that's uncool. We're gonna petition the Supreme Court and see what they have to say." Mm-hmm. And what the Supreme Court said was, um, you're going to have to make your cases to a full hearing by the Fifth Circuit, and the Fifth Circuit will either rule that the case has merit, or the case, or or the abortion pill will stay as is. Either way, both sides have vowed they're going to take it back to the Supreme Court. And so we will have to um, wait and see. So May is when the Fifth Circuit will hear the case. We don't know when they'll rule on it, um, but it looks like um, whatever the case may be, that the Supreme Court would hear the case then um, in late fall, possibly um, early, if not late fall, then um, early 2024. So that's where we're at. And it's a, it's a sorry, sorry state for access to abortion care to folks who are rural folks who don't have capacity to travel yeah. um and it's um and to me when i look at all of the dirty dealings around it you know the the real thing is that i think about all the time is i mean we've all seen those protesters outside of clinics we've all seen those really mm-hmm. just alarming giant posters right um and we've all heard the rhetoric of of cutting and of baby killing and all that, yeah. and so when you put the the um, abortion pill into the hands of the patient, um, and they take it, and you're examining what's happening to your body, and you're paying attention, you become the expert, and all the stuff that they say, exactly. you, you become it becomes a lie, mm-hmm. and in order to keep perpetuating that lie, uh, they're invested in making sure we're not empowered, and that's really. What's happening? And that's what everybody needs to know in this, in this landscape of, uh, you know, I've just over the past couple of days just been hearing the rhetoric gets so upheated and wild. And I heard three different arguments from really conservative men about how they're really angry that feminism has brought on no fault divorce and that, that women can just di- divorce them without their permission. And I'm like, um <laughs> they're just saying this stuff out loud. Like they honestly are so mad that we are not chattel property. Like they really would like to do everything in their power to make sure that we have we are beholden <laughs> to them and we are also the property of them. And it's 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 not even a joke. You no. know, it's like I used to think, "Oh, you know, look at us getting towards the handmaid's tail. And it's like, it's not a mm-hmm. joke. It's a very real, it's a very real, real proposition. And the interesting thing is, even since Roe, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm filibustering. Nope. Um Please. Even since Roe, um, abortion hasn't been accessible for poor folks, people of color. It's been sort of um a slightly privileged white person's opportunity, right? right? And so... Women of color, black women who've been sort of leading this fight always have said, you know, thank you for joining us in knowing what's going on. But we've been asking for anybody to understand that when it comes to family planning, like something we don't talk about a lot that's really interesting is the racism around family Mm -hmm. planning and what that means, because you can have like seven kids and be a white person, and, you know, you're a noble Christian. Right. You, but, have a you, know, color, you have a great Instagram. You have a great Instagram. You have a great... Yeah. And so, you know, family planning should mean helping somebody plan the family that they want. And, and the truth be told, if we were a nation that really cared about pregnancy outcomes, mm-hmm. we would honor all of them. You know, if there was a 16-year-old whose belief system said, I would like to raise this this kid, I'm pregnant... Can I, ha- can society help me? Can our government, can we say we want to support you and, and, and help you achieve a healthy family? And, and conversely, if there's a 35 year old who has two kids and can't afford another person and would like to have an abortion, we should be honoring that too, right? But we don't, Mm-mm. we don't honor outcomes of any kind. We only honor, um, this, this amorphous, um, pregnancy and we, and, and, it, and it can't be sad enough that. When you impose rights onto a pregnancy, you are taking rights away from that person, that woman who is pregnant. And so every time there's an abortion ban or a law, you are losing your rights as a human being. They're taking something from you and replacing it with government control.
1: Uh, There are a lot of um, directions to go in with that. I just want to say briefly, the part about this-
0: I have eaten the whole pasta by now, (laughs) just being so nervous- Like if we were literally eating, I would have been talking and then eating without comprehension, just like twirling and shoving. Stabbing and shoving, and then it's like, oh my god, I forgot to give anyone else any pasta because I just ate it all. I think there's bread.
1: Exactly. <laughs> there's a little bit of the Parmesan cheese left if anybody would like it.
0: Yeah, here you go. I'm so sorry. Would you like some hummus from my really weak sauce? Caesar salad.
1: Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. I think carbs at these Sunday dinners are they're spot on. Sort
0: of, honey. <laughs> if you don't have carbs, you are not getting a crowd to, to help with abortion activism, but, for sh- or and is sugar, are just stimming, but. I think like we need the carbs to sort of
1: self-suit. Um, we, um, I, I, I have, I just have to say that every time somebody tries to pass a law that takes me away from my own body and uh, disenfranchises women of color even further, right? No 16, 16 year old, you have to have that baby. But the minute you come to me, Mr. Legislator in a necktie and ask me for a little help, I'm going to call you a welfare queen. You know? Yeah. Or or worse, worse. a whore.
0: You know, and as we saw, you know, with the case that we saw last summer and, you know, I'm somebody who um, I don't like to latch onto um, the um, on their face tragedy cases a lot because I feel like, When we do that, we sort of set up good abortions and bad abortions, right? right? But when you have a 10-year-old who was pregnant last summer and who reported it and had to go to Indiana for her abortion, and you have, A, people said she's lying. Lying. It's not true. But that was
1: a mainstream media story. As someone who follows the media, I teach journalism, and I was like, Look what we got here? Is that a real story? We have to check our sources sort of thing,
0: yeah and 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 the first thing was lying from the con- from the conservative media. Then it was, and then you heard legislators saying, you know 10-year- olds have the same you know reproductive organs as other people and 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 it's just like 10- year olds don't are not built for childbirth, and also what would what are you even saying? about this 10 year old and trying to like bring charges up to the doctor that provided the care mm-hmm. for her. Um And it's, it's, it's uh, the lack of compassion is utterly appalling in this, in this hellscape that we're living in. I, I so worry about trying to can trying to beg for humanity, for myself, for my, you know, siblings for the people on the earth and to have it fall on deaf ears just is bizarre
1: this week they had the judge in florida who said a 15 year old girl couldn't get an abortion he was like first of all she's 15 she has to go into a have like a trial you know or has to go into a court right speak in front of a judge about why she wanted an abortion and he's like i'm sorry your grades in high school are not good enough you don't deserve you can't have an abortion and like your grades, your grades, like, your let's grades. all pause and think two- about what your grades were like in high school. And, and, well, first of all, I mean, I
0: not even, I mean, I, it's not who's asking for her grades in the, in her, in her having to go before a judge. And by the way, for your listeners who don't know, there are many states that have this judicial bypass and, um, and this judge, for if you, if you want to say that somebody isn't, competent to make a decision to terminate a pregnancy, then you are saying that they are competent enough to parent. Like, what is your judgment? And also that judge, after that, so that case came back in the news this week for a reason. So that happened about three months Mm -hmm. ago. And there was an election. And the people voted him out. And the reason that story came back into the news is because... Ron DeSantis, he's on the short list for the Florida Supreme right. Court. So when we talk about send it back to the states, let the people decide, except for when I decide <laughs> to appoint people, or I decide, you know, like that's what they said when Roe v. Wade fell. Right? Kavanaugh wrote a side opinion right. saying let's go, but let's br- send it back to the states. Let states decide. And the first thing that happens is a federal judge. They bring it to a federal judge and bring it to the Supreme court. And it's like, what happened to our rights as people in Kansas? Same thing. Yeah. We all heard about the big Kansas referendum that happened. Overwhelming support to keep abortion because in the constitution is a constitutional right. And so the governor vetoed three bills that um wanted to, put massive abortion bans in mm-hmm. place and they overrode the governor. So the people decide we want abortion in our state. The, <laughs> they keep voting, but they keep voting for people who are voting against that. And so then when the governor's like, hey, I'm just, you guys all voted for this, this thing. Right. Y'all came out, massive numbers. I'm vetoing this. And they're like, we don't care what the people think. We care what we mm-hmm. think. And that is over and over again. When you see... Ohio is joining a handful of states that are now, they saw that ballot initiative work. They saw the people actually having the power and stating what they yeah. thought. So Ohio and a couple of other states are now saying, trying to put um, into play that you have to have a 60% threshold for a ballot initiative. So it's not, it's not the majority Mm-mm. it's trying to now put it into filibuster territory. Um, and That's where we're at, just constantly scraping uh, and thinking. And I just keep thinking, you know, I live part of the time in Minnesota and part of the time in New York, and we had a brutal winter. Our roads have deep ass potholes. I cannot even explain to you. It is like (laughs) terrible. You lose a car in them. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, they're in Minnesota, they're uh, fixing the roads and enshrining abortion. And in other states where it's like, your power grid's a mess, and yet here you are spending all your time. People who have proximity to my uterus don't care as much as strangers. It's kind it's of insane. Abso- well said. Do you if about proximity to uterus and to my uterus? Um,
1: not, not to mention, I, I'm getting a feeling that maybe work with me here that money shouldn't be as involved in politics as it should, as it is. Oh, have you th- considered that? Have you
0: pondered? I'm, just- I'm going to put that <laughs> cap on for a minute and be like, mm, yes. yes agree. Agree. <laughs> um, money shouldn't be in politics. I mean, <laughs> we are not represented like this whole, you know, I hate to, you know, everybody knows, but like gerrymandering is really the problem with all of this. People are just not represented. and. It's, and also we don't, we don't, um, we don't demand action. You know, it's, it's so incredible to watch the women of Iran and the people Absolutely. of Iran take to the Absolutely. streets at the risk of death mm-hmm. and, and life imprisonment, um, for their humanity. And here we sit in America with this constant barrage of, of of erosion of everything that is about Mm -hmm. us. And we are not in the streets. We are not in the streets. And I, it's like, folks, we we get the government that we asked Mm -hmm. for. And that we, if we don't demand for better, then we get what we allowed to be.
1: I mean, in North Carolina today, yesterday, just passed more constraints on voting for people. Um, more yeah. checks, more everything, just to keep people literally down on the farm and not being able to vote. Yeah.
0: Well, and every time, and again, you know, I just, I am not anyone who is new at saying any of this stuff. But, you know, it's, if you can't sell your ideas, then you have to just disrupt the way that people Hear them and disrupt the way that um, they get through. Regardless, it's like, oh, you don't like my bad idea? Well, I'm going to just shove it in here this way. <laughs> I'm going to cheat and do it this way. And it's like, wow, mm-hmm. you know, you could just abandon them. <laughs> nope, and get a good one. But no, nope. nope.
1: because to them, it's nope. a great idea because it lines their pockets with uh, cash. I mean,
0: it lines their pockets with cash and also keeps their mediocrity uh, in power. Yeah.
1: Those, those you know, guys in me. the back of my high school class, did you have them, you know, like the dudes yeah. and they were like cheating off your paper probably. And they went off to do a sort of like medi like nice job somewhere. Some of them became politicians, right? They rose to that mm-hmm. le- like level of mediocrity with like a shining light on them. And it's just, I can't help but see all those guys in my high school who knew nothing becoming these politicians, but I have a lot to work through. My high school experience was not so good.
0: I mean, (laughs) I think it's true. And you think about those people who were, you know, you see some of these lantern jawed Mm -hmm. high school football players who are, you know, singing the praises of one particular religion. And that's the other thing too. It's like, you know these abortion bans, and thank God there's people in Kentucky and Indiana and in North Carolina who are Jewish, who are Unitarians, who are Muslim who have said, "My religious freedom is being violated yeah. by these bans, and I'll be curious to see how those how those lawsuits play out because it's real. those are who
1: what are we defending? yeah, that's actually one of the things I've sort of like been a little bit hopeful about not like I like to have too much hope about any of this stuff but I those law those um lawsuits I think it will be very interesting seeing those played out yeah. once they finally get yeah. there but um so I've spent a lot of time um gnashing my teeth and renting at my clothing and just being vaguely nauseated you know uh, about what's going on with uh, women's rights and abortion rights mm-hmm. right um, but there gets to be a point where I have to, I, I have to do something. And I think that's where the abortion, um, access front comes right. in. I just wanted to make sure I was getting all the words right. Really, You're doing great abortion. Really. Yes. Um, yeah. So, um, what, what, what can I do besides just sit here and kind of feel vaguely nauseated all
0: the time? And scream in March. Yeah. So we started this amazing program called Operation Save Abortion. Mm-hmm. and we, when, you know, we had, we had known through all of our activism that whenever there would be a major story that happened, like, you know, things would happen in Georgia things would happen mm-hmm. in Mississippi, you know, these touch tone uh, moments and everybody would be like, oh my God, I can't believe it's happening. And after a while, when we would try our desperate best to get on national TV, because the media did not report with any consistency on abortion until the fall of Rome. They just didn't. They were derelict. Right. And so um, so people didn't know, right? So they would sort of take to the streets and they would march. And then you were like, now what? And nobody could give them those answers. Right. So we were like, well, we have traveled the country doing shows and workshops, and we know everybody mm-hmm. who's out there doing the work. So what we did was we started a program called Operation Save Abortion. And if you go to operationsaveabortion.com, you'll see it. It's a five part series. You can either listen to it like a podcast or you can watch it. But we brought together people who were experts in five different areas of abortion activism. So whether it's learning about the reproductive justice movement and, and expanding past abortion and into all the spaces where reproductive harm is happening, whether it's helping um, assist the clinics, whether it's helping assist patients. Maybe you want to take to the streets and do some direct action and have fun. Or maybe you want to shake up the legislative process and start telling politicians what you want to do. Um, you can watch each of these. And we have um, a workbook and exercises that go with each of these 45-minute programs. So I suggest, like, get together with some friends and, like, maybe over the course of three months, or if you want to be really bold, like every mm-hmm. week, watch one of these, um, watch one of these um panel discussions, then do the work because it has a little taste of like what you would be doing. It gets some good prompt questions to get you to have conversations and you hold each other accountable. And then after you watch all five, you'll kind of know where you want to hang your hat mm-hmm. and what you want to do. And then you can, and then you'll sign up with us, and we have to vet you. We have to vet everyone because it's not safe to um, have a bunch of volunteers just shipped off to somebody who they could be undercover, they could be anti-abortion, they could be doing nefarious things, sure. and want to sign up. So we vet you. It's very easy. We look at your social media, see if you're real, see if you're sharing, you know, creepy, creepy uh, Clarence Thomas pro Clarence Thomas posts on your social Go media. Ginny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, um, yeah, Ginny. And then what we're doing is um, you fill out a little form that kind of says, I'm interested in this, this, w- of all the things I'm interested in this. Here's some skill sets that I have. Um, and we will hook you up with um, people in your region mm-hmm. um, so that you can actually really get hyper localized in the work that you want to do. And then you're also then on the mailing list for like big fun national events. And also we're trying to really start creating and bringing back sort of that Act up, feel you know the act up movement was very much in your face. They did some really—they didn't just march. There was also these performative pieces to it, you know. So, uh, like one of the things that we did on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade was um, it was an action called "Send in the Gowns," <laughs> and people went, people got gathered with their friends. We wrote them a script and we walked them through how to do it, and they went into the offices of the legislators who would written the laws in their states. And they had hospital gowns on and they were there for their exam. And they were like, I'm here for my exam. I understand um, my doctor doesn't know what to do because the laws are so muddy that I want to know from you what's going to happen to me if I need to go to a doctor. Like, do you, are you going to warm the (laughs) speculum? Like if, if, if I break my water in Walmart, do I come, do you have an after hours number? And, and so it was really great to put these people on notice and inevitably, every single person in the office was like, this isn't a doctor's office. We don't know why you're here. And it's like, that is the point. And then let's say you're not, you don't want to go do that. You can call. If you feel like, I don't feel like I could go in person, um, we'll, we'll give you a phone number. You can call. Um, and people were calling and recording themselves calling and putting it on social media. And it was really fun because some of the actions on um, the action that happened in, um, in Tennessee, which we know is like possibly the worst state Mm -hmm. right now in the nation. Um, Margaret Cho, the fantastic comedian opened up her Instagram. And so when it said Margaret Cho is going live on Instagram, it was our action on Margaret Cho's feed. So all of Margaret Cho's fans got to watch. Mm -hmm. um, And that was really fun. And so we're trying to do more things like that, where it feels like fun, performative. And it's also taking back going to the Capitol and standing up for what you believe in. After January 6th, and we watched this mob of people try to overthrow our government, Mm -hmm. it really made people who are trying to exercise their rights to hold their government accountable feel shy, feel like they don't want to do it. Like, will I be perceived as Mm -hmm. that? And it's like, no, you will not. Because you're not threatening anybody. You're not bringing guns. You're also being a little bit funny and a lot serious all at the same time. And those are the kind of things that are just like really great to get people motivated. Right. And so, you know, if you have 10 minutes a month to give, Mm -hmm. we'll be able to hook you up with that and make you feel like that's fine. We're all living really busy lives. We're all also like looking around us and seeing like, it's not just abortion that's happening right now. Guns. It's out of control. They're trying to ban, you know, they're trying to ban books in schools. They're trying to ban trans kids from living living their fullest lives. They're trying to punish patients for helping their children try to live their full. I mean, parents for trying to live their fullest lives. You know, CRT. I mean, I'm sorry if your third grader is being taught CRT. Yeah. You must have a very smart third grader because it's a college. <laughs> so you should um, be I actually you be proud. It's like you should be proud. Yeah, of your you kid. should be proud. That's right. You should be proud of your child, but it's not happening, friend. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, we're just in a place where multiple harms are happening everywhere and everyone's trying to juggle, like, where do I want to be and how can I help? And, um, just being overwhelmed with all the information is super unhealthy and nobody expects you to be everywhere all the time. So figure out what it is you love to do the kind of people you might want to do it Mm -hmm. with and we can sort of help make those connections so that you're you're fitting it into your life you know like your yoga practice or you know like listening to your podcasts Um, or flossing i mean really it's or flossing yes and and in
1: the sense about you know not to be flippant about flossing because it's flossing is important and it doesn't take that much time and i think doing something that helps like you know ensure rights for women or create rights for women in this country is a good thing. One of the things I really like about the program is that it's good for people who might not be big time organizer types. Like we don't, can't all be head girl and be like, come on everyone, I'll get you together in my house. Um, And it just, it seems like a really kind of great way to sort of, especially to get a group together and sort of encourage each other, I, I'm very helpful. Yeah.
0: You know, if yeah, that's the whole thing too. It's Kick like, off your book club. And maybe you, Kick off your book club with yes. one of those hundred percent. And you know, even if you're not organized, but you can get a bunch of people in your house. Like we can help you walk through it. Like like the toolkits that we've created. Like you may read it and think, duh. But it, we wanted it to be skip the parts that are duh, right. you know. But we wanted people to feel like, thank you for walking. Me through this so that I can be thinking of the whole time about what's happening. And also, you know, for people who are of different abilities, maybe they can't march, maybe they can't, uh, you know, go to the Capitol, like I just said, but maybe you could make a call. Maybe you could write some postcards of support to the clinics who are, who are really needing somebody to, you know, say, we're happy you're in our community and your work matters. You know, there's little things to do that make a world of difference for folks. And it's really, um, None of it is insignificant, even though it might seem easy.
1: How do we get um, young? Like I was, as we were talking, I'm like, I want to bring this to old age homes and get all those go getter women or you know, like 55 plus communities who have time and have that sort of energy, you know, uh, to do it and time to do it to let them go for it. And then I'm like, but we have kids, and you know, I'm with college students all the time as a professor and they were when roe versus wade went away they didn't really have a clue and i mean this with all due respect to my very smart students it was just an assumed thing right and yeah i you know i know that like there's some percentage of students who are now picking where their college is to make sure that they don't 22 percent, i think i just i wrote it down and it's right here 22 yeah. percent of americans um No, it's a different number. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, go to pick colleges where there are good abortion laws and there's access to abortion. But it leaves out the people who go to school in Tennessee who want to go to the University of Alabama so Joyce Vance can teach them law at law school or whatever. Hey, Joyce, how you doing? Um, Those are places where... We need to make sure that those people are active and those people have what they need. Do you have deep thoughts about how to get them, in a sense, motivated? Concerned? I mean,
0: I think that, it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that, um, the, pro- I think one of the biggest problems we have in our movement is, um, the activist organizing piece of the uh, reproductive rights movement, um, is almost non-existent like we're trying with our small resources to do that but you know you have abortion funds who are funding and getting trying to get people to their abortions and help them pay for their abortions you have the people who are providing the care you have people doing the legislative policy work but the being able to organize and sustain folks on college campuses um you know in in younger spaces like that is few and far between mm. and so that's why abortion access front is trying to Reimagine what all this stuff looks like. You know, we're going down to Georgia, um, in a few months because one of the largest anti-abortion groups in the nation schedules their annual conference every year. And part of that conference is relentlessly attacking abortion clinics and mosques and drag queen story hours. And we go every year and we work with the clinics and the activists down there, fill them in on what it's like and then help Sort of uh, bring people down there and 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 um, so that people can face them off so that they don't have the only say. And you know, one of the things we're talking about doing is like a massive dance party with like literature and information um, near where they are. so we're louder and we have like fun stuff, and people can come, hear their bullshit, but then also go to table to table and um, get information about how they can participate in lobbying, doing things, you know, really this. taking on the rhetoric, you know, and those are the kind of things that are great. In New York, there's an incredible organization called New York City for Abortion Rights. And one of the things they do is on the first Saturday of every month, I think it's the first Saturday, but I'm not sure. Um, but it's New York City for Abortion Rights. Um, there is a mass for the unborn at a church that is about six blocks away from the Planned Parenthood down in the village. And when and then they march down to the Planned Parenthood and then harass Mm -hmm. the patients. So New York City for Abortion Rights has organized uh, where we stand outside of their church. And when they start their march, we dance with loud music in front of them. And what normally would take six minutes for them to walk down so they could spend an hour and a half harassing patients – It now they sometimes don't even make it down there because we're just dancing and being totally (laughs) nonviolent resistance. And then they have to walk really, really slow. Sometimes they're at a stop and then they miss the patients going in and out. And we haven't disrupted the clinic and we haven't done. and, And all we've done is stop these predators from harming the patients and the staff at Planned Parenthood. So that's a really cool action. So it's those kind of things that we are trying to grow and get the word out and help folks hear about them and replicate so that young folks can say, that sounds like that's for me. I would love to do that. Where do I sign up to do that? But you know, we need more people that are going to be organizing in that capacity of direct action Mm -hmm. so that it's meaningful um, and it is countering a bad narrative and also helping change hearts and minds to get more people out because when the politicians see, That you're not going to get reelected. If your game is this thing, um, they have to listen. But if they don't hear another counter narrative and people aren't Mm. telling them what they want, um, how do they know? You know, it's up to us. Again, it goes back to we get the government we have actually advocated for. Right.
1: I, I think that sounds wonderful. I also love the idea of not, in a sense, being out there nose-to-nose screaming at one of these people because you're never, ever going to get anywhere
0: with that. Right. Uh, right. So instead, just be out there with a different message. Mm-hmm. And when they try to scream at you, you're like, oh, my God, you are such a poor. <laughs> that blah, blah, <laughs> blah, blah with that. I've heard it a million times with the blah, blah. We're just going to crank up Lizzo and have a good time getting down the streets. Oh, you know? I love it.
1: I really do. It yep. it brings me yep. a, li- a you know. That's the positive feeling we're looking for um yeah. one of the things I want to talk about before we i have to let you go and, and do good things, continue doing good things is um the talk of about um manual uterine aspiration, which is not a sentence I speak mm-hmm. a lot um <laughs> oh hello, it's Friday afternoon. shall we discuss manual uterine aspiration well,
0: yes uh, <laughs> yes, so it is and it is. In early abortion, manual evacuation, it just involves, um, like an aspiration device, um, that basically empties out your uterus. People, midwives and, and all kinds of people have been using this, um, device forever. If you have heavy periods, mm-hmm. um, for cramping, and it's been used in early abortion as well. And there are, Physicians now back out on the market saying, hey, we want to start training people. Mm -hmm. When a lot of med schools, folks don't know this, a lot of med schools don't train. Like there are very, the amount of schools, med students now are saying, if you're an OB-GYN student, 70% of them said they have gotten little or insufficient abortion training. 90% of med students who are going into general medicine have said they've gotten little or insufficient abortion training. And so really interesting organizations are cropping up where doctors are teaching med students on how to perform abortions. And this is one of the ways. And one of the ways they train folks, and you're not even going to believe it, but it's true, <laughs> is on a papaya because the papaya is the size of, a, and the inner of a papaya is kind of the same um, as, as the inside of your uterus and your uterine lining and stuff. And so I have done many uh, of this uh, manual uh, it, it asp- aspiration evacuation with the um, with the papaya, where you you use um, these s- small implements that very gently put them in so that you expand um, the cervix, and then you go in and you just pull it out, and you see all the seeds, and that's what it's like. Because what people I don't think understand, there's no cutting in abortion. No. No matter what, there's, it's literally, it is removing the uterine lining and the contents of your uterus, um, through aspiration or through pills. Mm-hmm. That is what happens. And so the, the stigma. Just like we the, do
1: every you know, month, st- like our body does like for us. Just like we do
0: every month. Right. That's exactly correct. And so it's, um, and so when you're pregnant you know that early pregnancy it adheres to the wall of your uterus so it has to detach and then you have to expel it and so it's it's really that simple and people like to make it all kinds of other things that it isn't and so um yeah and if you're like oh my god how do i keep up on all this stuff i highly recommend listen to our podcast yes. we drop every friday it's called feminist buzzkills and we started it about 18 months ago because nobody covers the weekly news on what's happening in reproductive health. And we have the best experts, physicians from around the country and the people doing the research and the lawyers who are doing the cases and the activists. And it's, and we have a comic on every week cause it's and so we're fun mm-hmm. and you get like a download of the week's news. And then you get some, you, you also get some actions to take mm-hmm. um, every week. We have a really cool action where you can go and within the abortion Uh, Operation Save Abortion webpage, we have an activist calendar that everybody can access whether or not you go through the program. We have an activist calendar that you can pull down, see where you live, see if there's actions. If not, there's national actions. But that means like webinars on what self-managed abortion actually means. Maybe you want to think about becoming an abortion doula. That's like holding someone's hand when they're going through the procedure. You know, maybe you want to help expose these fake clinics. Like we have a million different ways that you can jump in with yourself or with your friends and hit that calendar up too. So we try to be in like sort of, you know, one-stop shop for all the stuff you need and then driving folks, driving them figuratively, not literally, driving you to places that um, also need the help, right? So I live in New Mexico. Where can I be helpful there? Right. Oh, here's these cool activist groups over here. Wherever you are, it's not just like we have all the answers, but what we do have is um, we know where where you, where you the places are that need help and who's doing the work. And so if you come to us as a clearinghouse, we make sure you're cool, and then we can send you off on your activist journey where you live. It's so um... – It's such a
1: terrific podcast. You know, usually at the end of this podcast, I'm like, I want you to stay on forever. I mean, just come back week after week after week and keep everybody up. And I do. I really would. And I hope you will come back. But um, for everybody else out there to be able to go to the Feminist Buzzkill podcast, which I listen to on my dog walks, um, and I I do have this very vivid memory of listening to it while um, listening to you guys discuss manual uterine um, aspiration in the dog park, just thinking, nobody knows what I'm talking, listening to right now. Nobody has an (laughs) idea. Um, of imagining, you know, you open like a shop's called papaya queen. Anyway. Uh, it is the feminist, um, buzzkill podcast is so useful for it and it isn't, it's not a drag. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to keep up to date (laughs) with this stuff and it's, such a it's like being with the smartest friends you know. I love this podcast. So, thank you. Yeah,
0: it's fun. I, no, thank you for that. And and we feel that way too. It's been what's saving us as well to be able to give folks information, give them something to do with that information and also just be your inner voice with a lot of f-bombs and like sometimes like we are in, you know, we're in times where swearing should be used as liberally as olive oil in the dish you have made today. Oh,
1: beautiful. A beautiful wrap up to all of this. Um, could you, (laughs) and let me tell you folks, I've used olive oil liberally today. It is delicious. Um, i I'm not even eating some of it, but it is almost dinner time. I'm sorry. I could, I could bring you some, um, I hope you'll make it for your group. Um, I will. I'm going to, you're going to
0: send me the recipe I, and post it in your show I notes. I will
1: indeed. And um, I post it on my Excellent. sub stack every, uh, I'll post Thanks. it tomorrow. Um, but Thanks. what I will say is um, my contribution could always be to come and you can entertain everybody for your Sunday nights. And I'm more than happy to do the catering. So that's. You
0: know what? <laughs> I am going to take you up on that because maybe what we could do is actually then um, do it as a dual podcast. Yes. And our podcast in your, And so it's like cooking. And then people can actually hear like how these cool meetings go down. I, That'd be so that fun. That would be
1: so fun. And then we can um, give everybody the recipes and um, create a cookbook. And then everyone can support the abortion access front. Boy, I have to say that oh, slowly, yeah, but amazing. I'm really getting there. All the cells are really coming You're together really
0: in my brain. Right. Um, big brain There's a lot to remember. Mipha Pristone, <laughs> Feminist bus Kills, Abortion access Front, how much olive oil to use, <laughs> what kind of hummus, what is going on? There's a lot going on. There's so much going on.
1: So much going on. Um, so
0: much going on. <laughs>
1: um, but I think that would be terrific. I, I, I give you, I'm, I'm there to do it. Um, <laughs> but thank you very, very, very much for reading it. Can you remind people just with one quick glance, um, what, uh, the first podcast, the first website they should go to.
0: First website you should go to is operationsaveabortion.com mm-hmm. and then go to our website, uh, for abortion access front, which is aafront.org and, um, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you do your potting. Those are the three things.
1: Terrific. Thank you so much for being here. I'll make sure you get the recipe. Thank
0: you so much, Marissa. I can't wait.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow Liz and the Abortion Access Front on Twitter and listen to the Feminist Buzzkills podcast, wherever fine pods are potted. Recipes and links to everything you want and need can be found at marissarothkopf.substack.com. Thank you so much and have a wonderful week.